Hey, my name is Julia. This is my first episode of my first podcast, which is currently unnamed, I'll say, as an homage to the fact that in life we can't wait until everything is pretty and tied with a bow to move forward. That if something is really calling to you and intriguing to you, this isn't to say act on it immediately, but take note of it, work with it, feel it out. This is all to say that one day this podcast will have a name, and that that day is not today. But what tonight is, is the third night of December. Beautiful night, we have a waning gibbous. Uh, When I step outside right now, it's 10.40pm Eastern Time. When I step out, I look up and to the left, and there she is, glowing oh so ethereally. It's seriously a sight to see. So something that's really been tugging on my heartstrings is the sun-moon-earth system. And I've always definitely really messed around with the moon, love her. But I think something that really solidified that is that we, as the people who inhabit the earth, have or had had to uh, isolate. And I think that it was really this moment of silence where I really had the inner bandwidth to connect more with the moon and with the perspective of the sun being a giant star as well as being the center. It has called for and called in a lot of comfort. And something that's brought me a lot of comfort is noting that, okay, the earth is moving, yeah, but so is the sun so is the moon, and so are all of these planets that I personally have yet to discover. And something that I've really been having trouble with is the physical perspective of it all. Like, I'm straight up just looking up at the moon, so confused, trying to figure out where the sun is, where the earth is, if other planets are moving, if I can see the moving, and It gets so busy in my head. And then I remind myself, we only see one side of the moon. But that doesn't make it any easier because every day and time we see her, she's different. Sometimes we see her during the daytime even. And it's like, I wanna get to know you, baby. And she's so unpredictable and she's always whole. No matter we see a sliver, a half circle, She is always there. And the fact that when we don't see anything, what that means is that the whole other part of her is illuminated. And maybe I'm not in the headspace right now to see the lesson in that, but I sense the lesson in that. Not to mention the moon is on a different plane entirely than the sun and the earth. We are talking an independent queen that rules the oceans. So again, I'm standing here on the Earth, looking up at another planet. And in the distance, I can see smaller, different planets. For example, some that I've been seeing a lot are Mars, Mercury, Jupiter. And I also want to clarify that I'm speaking in the eye voice, mostly because I don't want to impose my experience on anybody else. At the same time, I want to remind you that you are also seeing this, or at least you are in the presence of it. 
So standing here, looking up at the moon, and then I see these other planets. And that, you know, that reminds me, oh right, I'm looking at the galaxy. I'm looking at space. And then I'm like, okay, some people have flown through that. That's cool. But then back to the bigger thing. This is space. This is the galaxies that I'm looking at. And then I remind myself that every day for 12 or less hours, the sun is shining down. And it's shining, it's moving, you know, because noon, high noon, because the sun is high in the sky. So it's this combination of the earth moving as well as the moon rotating. So the earth is rotating itself, the sun is rotating itself. However, the earth is rotating around the sun. And, you know, we'll get into it later, but there's actually, you know, the moon rotating itself and also rotating around the earth. From my understanding, uh, they're all going in the same direction, which is definitely helpful in my brain. Um, but so, yes, knowing that for 12 or less hours a day, there's a shine. Ooh, there's a sun shining down reminds me that there actually is this big giant ball of fire in the sky, a star, and her name's the sun. So essentially, so I zoom out, right? Something I've been saying a lot in my life lately that I've caught myself saying a lot is taking a step back. When I take a step back, well, if I take the moment to take a step back, you know, it's um, a phrase like that, that first was really uh, more interpersonal for me and intrapersonal. Um, but now as I've really found myself enthused with the sun, moon, earth system, I'm really taking a step back. Um, so I take a step back and I see, okay, so earth, if you could see my hands right now, you would see that I'm using them a lot. So earth, moon around it, big sun, big, big sun. And depending on where this, the moon is, that's the different phases of the moon, right? So when the moon is behind the earth, meaning the order is moon, earth, sun, and remember that the moon is actually rotating on a five degree difference of their plane. So when the moon is behind the earth, it isn't smack dab behind the Earth. One, because this is not a line leader situation. Two, the moon is much smaller than the Earth. And three, the difference in planes. And this is also a note as to why lunar and solar eclipses cannot happen every month because the moon, they all need to be on the same plane. That's hard. So, looking up at the moon, taking the step back, kind of contextualizing that I am on a planet that is either in front of or behind the moon and that at that moment that I'm looking up at the night sky I uh, I am rotated away from the sun so the sun is way over in a direction I could not name right now so this is all going on in my head and I think that in situations like this where we have so many questions so so many thoughts, so many things that we want to have the answer to, it is very easy to get in our heads and stay in our heads. And I found that during these moments of almost this 
overwhelm. It's positive, but it's this overwhelm of curiosity, of uh, wonder, of kind of being like, what? That it is very natural for me, and I'm sure for so many others, to go inward into their head. And I found that being in my head really takes me out of the beauty of the moment and that when I intentionally become a co-creator in the moment, I can still nourish that curiosity and I can cherish the beauty in front of me. So I think this would be a good time to check into how we are feeling in our bodies. Take a deep breath and relax your forehead and your eyes your jaw. Notice how your shoulders are on your body. If they're forward at all or it's kind of high up. Just feel. And this is not a time to force ourselves to change. This is just a time of noting and if your body wants to relax allow it to do that. And we can also allow this to serve as a lesson that while there is so much uncertainty and things that are out of our control in this life, so many aspects of being a human in our own body are not entirely out of our control. So just bask in that for a second and breathe as you drop your awareness into your body. And if you're still taking deep breaths, allow your breath to return to whatever feels effortless for you right now. Whatever is your thing, just come back to it. Um, I recently heard somewhere that there is a profound difference between listening to the body and listening with the body. And I am totally with that. And I think that while listening to the body is still so different from really being in the mind, fully engaged with every thought, playing tag, playing monkey in the middle, all this stuff, we are still viewing our body from the perspective of the mind. We are sitting in our mind, looking down at our bodies, or feeling our bodies, rather. But when we're listening with our body, it's this reconvening of what is already together. There's no longer this need to isolate the mind, uh, to kind of set the mind aside, to focus only on the body. And this isn't to criticize that idea, because I think that there are times that our mind <laughs> really needs to just take a seat somewhere and needs to learn and listen that, okay, got it from here. Don't need any of your ravenous ideas and movements at this moment. Listening with the body, however, integrates the mind because when we're listening to the body, that insinuates that we are listening to something external. 
but listening with the body is tuning into what is here, to dropping our mind into the body rather than metaphorically tilting our head down and being like, what's going on down there? Because it's not this two-story apartment building. It's a damn house that we've got. We are a house. We are a sturdy shelter for our spirit. And when we are with our body, I think our body, just its general way of being is to keep us going. And this can certainly be said about the mind as well. I mean, there's so many primal instincts and chemicals that are released in the brain. The mind also holds a lot of bias that we have to unlearn. And our bodies have a lot of stuff to unlearn as well. But our gut, our damn gut, when our brain picks up that we are in danger, there's some sort of connection made to the gut. The, the brain is like, listen, I don't know, I picked up on this. I'm being released right now. I'm a chemical being released. And I mean, that's affecting you, gut. Right? And then our gut's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. But also our gut before that point is like, this is weird. Like, I sense something's going on. It's intuitive. The gut is intuitive. I mean, it's it feels redundant to say, but it's something I hadn't really thought about up until this point. But our brain thinks. Our brain doesn't feel. Our body feels. Our body is a feeler. So why why not feel her? Thinking thoughts themselves can release things like dopamine and serotonin. And we feel this, yes, in our mind, but I think especially in our body. Our body is the feeler. Even in the whole, um, I don't want to call it an argument, but in this idea of mind versus heart, we see this dichotomy, this splitting of the body and the mind. We see the, the mind and body split everywhere, really. But as I was saying, while the body really does keep us going, and the mind does too in its ways, the mind also really keeps us stuck. So if I'm looking up at the moon, I can get in my head with all these questions, right? About where the hell am I in relation to all this? And I think that that's a wonderful route to go because it nourishes your curiosity, your creativity, it really, it makes you feel alive. But for me, there's a point where that can get a little existential. And I think at those moments, really going into my body helps. Feeling my feet on the ground and being like, wait, so taking a step back, when I look at the globe, the earth, I'm on that green thing. I'm in that area, that hemisphere, that country, that state. I'm part of that green stuff. And then taking another step back, there's something that's rotating around where I am. Then taking a step back, this planet that I'm on is rotating around something else. And... The only way at this moment that I can think of describing how that feels in my body is vast and expansive. 
And I, without doubt, prefer that vast and expansiveness over what can, in my mind, really be agonizing. So sometimes you just gotta look up at the moon. Sometimes you can't even see her, not, not because of it being a new moon, but because of her positioning. Sometimes it's nice to, you know, go go visit her, like drive or walk over to where she is, but I've learned that I can totally do that, and I do do that sometimes. But a lot of the time, it's... If I see her, I see her, and it's this sort of unconditional love that exists between me and the moon. There's something about looking up at the moon and speaking in whatever language you feel you can emote and express yourself in at that moment. And just waver with her. And know she's rotating too. We're rotating. We're rotating around stuff. That moon up there is also rotating around our stuff. The sun is just rotating and also literally gigantic. And I just, I, rem I remind myself again of that little tidbit that there are people who go up there. They're just in it. They're literally just in it. They're in the sky. That's so cool. And they get to see the moon and they get to see all of the projected sun rays that don't go that they have to go a really long distance to meet that that part of the earth so they become colors like pink and yellow and orange and that's the sun setting and the sun rising man all right thank you for taking the time to listen to me speak and i hope that this made you feel and or think something and I hope that this intermingled really well with any sense of curiosity you may have had before this and will have in the future and I wish you an incredible day night. Thank you.